Hello and welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And my name is Jennifer Rose. Join our weekly adventures as we rock the whiskey world. We will be bringing you whiskey-related news and gossip, discussing latest bottle releases, and of course, tasting our way through delicious drams. We'll be hosting expert guests, hitting the road to visit some Scottish distilleries, and let's not forget dropping in some cheeky whiskey facts. A warm Whiskey Sisters welcome. You are listening to the fourth episode of Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our whiskey journey so far. In today's episode, we have our first ever guest appearance when Helen Mackenzie-Smith from Lindoris Abbey joins us for a quick chat. But first, let's see what's been happening in the whiskey world. Stick your nose in it. So, Inka, any interesting news that you'd like to share with us this week? Yes, 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 yes. Um, the Glendronach has released their most unique expression to date, a 50-year-old single malt Scotch whiskey. Yeah, fancy. 50, wow. Yeah, exactly. The distillery has survived various obstacles in the past century. They even survived the closure from 1996 to 2002. They've had brutal highland winters and occasional flooding, all while the whiskey was resting and maturing in the, in the distillery's Dunwich warehouse. It's said that the distillery's warehouse is haunted by a Spanish ghost. There's a mm. lot going on to that story, isn't there? I know, exactly. <laughs> if, that, if that whiskey could talk, it would have tales to tell. I'm intrigued by the Spanish ghost story I well. know, definitely look into that a little bit and for our ghost story episode. Let's get our um, our noses into that as well. First of all, what can you tell us about this new release? Well, the spirit has been aging in both rare uh, Pedro Ximenez and Oloroso Sherry casks for five decades. And then these were married together in a single PX cask. Oh. Yeah, sounds really <laughs> nice, doesn't it? Really nice, that does sound lovely. There's only uh, 198 bottles available and the whiskey is said to be rich and bold with notes of stone fruit, creme brulee, nuts and bitter chocolate with oaky undertones and subtle hints of grain. And it's bottled at cask strength at 43.8% ABV. Okay. Mm. And the price is around 20 grand. So <laughs> 20. we probably won't be trying this one. <laughs> 20 grand for like a bottle of it. That is such a special release, isn't it? And... Like, I can't imagine being in a position to buy a £20,000 bottle of whiskey. But if I had the opportunity for a wee dram of somebody's that had it, it would be, it would be amazing to try. Yeah, I think so. That, that, I do like those tasting notes. Um, and the bottle design is elegant and what I would consider fairly normal, <laughs> considering some of the other brands recently that chosen to use some horrendous bottles for their older releases. Oh, yeah. I think I think you've mentioned the Glenlivet. Is it an 80-year-old before? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I think it was released just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea what they were thinking. It's a tiny bottle that looks like it should be an aftershave. I'm just not a huge fan. doesn't say whiskey at all. But I think it had to be small because they only released 250 bottles, which seems quite a lot for yeah. an eight-year-old. So if it's a bit smaller bottle, then it makes sense. They made it memorable. Maybe they're expecting people not to drink it and just to sit and look pretty like a perfume yeah. bottle. <laughs> just look at it. Yeah, just look at it. I've not seen those. I'm guessing they'd be pretty expensive as well. 
Helen Mackenzie Smith. Okay, so first of all, I would just like to really thank you, Helen, for hosting myself when I came through to Fife to see your beautiful distillery and visitor centre. Not at all. We really enjoyed it. It was a cracking way to spend a Saturday afternoon. And thanks so much for the, the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> some I better was, than others. I was snapping away. <laughs> we'll upload some of those in social media and share just how beautiful it is. So I just wanted to ask, how do you actually pronounce Lindoris Abbey? Because... You know, we have tendency to mispronounce these <laughs> names, um, but I always call it Lindoris Abbey, or is it Lindors or Lindoris? So it's Lindors. So it ah. sort of rhymes with with oars on a boat, really. So yeah, Lindors. <laughs> uh, we were always taught. We were always taught when I used to work for Glenmorangie. We were always taught rhymes with orangey, which of course isn't really a real word. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we love a bit of pronunciation assistance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we even never... now, even now, obviously, I'm a long way out of, Lind uh, of Glenmorangie and into Lindors. If I'm in a bar and I hear a guy saying Glenmorangie, and it's always a guy, um, I always feel a need to have to sort of correct them and say, no, it's Glenmorangie. That's uh, it. Yeah. That's it. So we, we are corrected and we'll ensure it's Lindors from now on. Yeah. Correct. Good. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit more about your role at the distillery? Yes, absolutely. So really, in essence, I am the brand home director. So I look after everything that's to do with the visitor centre and the events and the Abbey Ruins. And Drew and Kenny and Gary have the responsibility of looking after the, the, the other end of the building, really, sort of where the whiskey's made. So I'm much more about the... Uh, the fun side, I suppose, <laughs> suits me fine. Uh, so, yeah. And, and then I have a fantastic assistant, uh, Steph, and she's actually the visitor home manager and an events manager called Lee, who's equally great. And they, the two of them, assist me in the day to day running of, of the visitor centre and uh, and the brand home. And, and essentially that works very well as a, uh, as, as, a, as a way of operating because my whole background is completely in hospitality. So yeah. um, mm. that, that works very, very well. It was a good role for me when we built the distillery. And there's, there's probably so much you could say in response to this, Helen, but can you tell us even a little bit about the history of, of the site? <laughs> yeah. As you say, where should we begin? Three days um, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really watching on that. Really, in, in essence, uh, the monastery was founded in 1191 and it was built by a gentleman called King David I and he built it on behalf of his brother uh, who had been washed up after the Crusades close to Dundee and his, brother was, his other brother was found safely. He would build a monastery in his honour. To, to celebrate that. Now, the monks were brought over from Tiron in France, and they actually decided to set up on the other side of the river to Dundee. They felt that actually it was more fertile. Mm -hmm. There was greater opportunity for fishing and for uh, building and planting. And so they decided that, that Lindors was the best place for them to, to base themselves. And then the town of Newborough grew up around the, the monastery. The new bridges just quite literally mean new the a new borough, and and that's really it, it, it arose because on the back of the 
the monks setting up at Lindor's. The monks brought some amazing things to the area. And in fact, the fact that Fife is still so famous for its fruit production is really almost solely down to the fact that the monks taught the, the local residents how to grow fruit and uh, in particular soft fruit and pears and apples, which we still grow here very much today. Newbury is still very, very famous for its apple, pear and plum festivals. And uh, then in, in 1494, the Abbey became rather more famous there's a link there in the exchequer rolls for uh, Fry John Corr who was a monk of Lindor's to distill aquavitae actually for King James IV who was staying at Falkland Palace which is about eight miles away from here and uh, it's obviously by no means the first time that anybody was making aquavitae but in Scottish history it's the first time that anybody paid duty on it so uh, it's the first time that anybody's got to be well that we've ever got to be grateful to a tax man uh, because obviously <laughs> it's a uh, it's that tax record that uh, that points to to Friar John Corr and links Lindors to to that important place in history it, it's famous for quite a lot of other things William Wallace and uh the Duke of Ross, first Duke of Ross is buried here. The Black Douglas is buried here, but really, in in essence, I suppose for the story and for the importance of Lindell's Abbey Distillery, it's that link to Friar John Corr. Mm, that's a phenomenal history, isn't it? Yeah, we're we're very lucky. That's a bit of a goosebump moment that you know that that first record. Yes. And can I just say, well played, the monks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, Drew, Drew was, two funny things happened with Drew going to have a look at it. I mean, of course, we always say that the, the Exchequer Roll itself is incredibly long and it's a long, thin document that's rolled out on two sort of sticks and, it, and it's terribly long, you know, it's metres long. Whoever found took the patience to find that reference within all of that documentation, you know, we owe an enormous debt of gratitude to. Uh, but also, Drew went to see it once in the uh, archives. You can go and have a look at it. And he booked an appointment and they gave him an hour slot to go downstairs and look at it. And he put wow. on the white gloves and he got to. He said it was a great goosebump moment for about the <laughs> first five minutes when he realized he was down there for an hour. And he can't, and it's in Latin, of course, and he can't read oh. Latin. Aww. So he just had to sit there for kind of 55 minutes looking at it. Thinking, I'm over this now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So very funny. Yeah. But it's quite nice how you can actually see the historic abbey grounds from the still room and the bar next door. It's really nice how you've done it. Absolutely, absolutely. And we like that link with the, of the old with the new mm. when we were designing the actual new distillery it was very very important to us that whoever was doing that was very sympathetic to, to the design and gareth of organic architects he really understood the image that we wanted to go for any architect that started going on about it being too ecclesiastical or wanted it to be to be sort of full of colored stained glass and things that wasn't the, the the look that Drew and I were going for. We really wanted a, a quite a monastic, stripped out feel to to the whole place, yeah. actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think he's done a very good job. Of yeah, that. absolutely. I've actually featured the distilleries, one of my articles of eight the most beautiful distilleries in oh. Scotland, because it is a stunning, stunning sight, both yeah. inside and outside. I have to say. And I felt yeah. I was missing out, so I had to go. 
Yeah, it's exactly the same for yourself. <laughs> well, the, the interior was was another very talented lady called Paula, uh, and she was working at the time for a company called Bright in Edinburgh. It was very important, again, to, to, to Drew and I, that we used as much sort of Scottishness as we could, you know, so Scottish mm-hmm. architects and designers and, and, and that sort of thing. In fact, really, only thing that we've really sort of gone outside for was uh, a little bit of design that we, we did with Stranger and Stranger for a period who were responsible for the beautiful bottles. Uh, but everything else is, is is based in Scotland, and that was extremely important to us in the whole thing. That's yeah. lovely. Talking about the bottles, uh, yeah, very nice design. I like it's different, and even mm-hmm. with the when it's dark, and yeah, it's very, very nice. Yes. So basically, last time I visited the distillery was 2018, so Gosh. you didn't have any whiskey available. No. And, but now you do, so maybe you would like to share a few words about the, the whiskeys, because you, you, do you have two new releases, or am well, I missing? we have several, actually. Um, it's very, very, very exciting, and I mean, really, that was the, the red letter day. Uh, even in the midst of a pandemic, it was still a red letter day. Uh, so we have, yes, you're right, we have two basic core releases. We have, we have what we... Um, call our core which is mcdxc1v which is 1494 in in uh latin and uh and then we release the same whiskey but as a commemorative limited edition bottle uh of which there are only twelve and a half thousand of those and uh so they all sold out very very quickly as, as, as you can imagine so we're now on to the to the second releases but we also occasionally releasing small single cask statements so we we did a we did a nice little bottling to bring footfall through here into the into the visitor center itself so we did a uh what we call the casks of lindor so that was a, a single cask bourbon a single cask sdr and a single cask sherry and which is our core makeup of our, of our main mm-hmm. malt and uh and that went that sold very well indeed and, and has been super popular mm-hmm. um it's funny because it's always personal taste, but the uh, the sherry is by far and away the most delicious, but it's the one that's sold the, the less well than the other two because there's more of it, because obviously a sherry cask is, is far bigger. But actually it's it's a strange thing because I would have bought the sherry over the other two because it's definitely the one that's drinking the best, but mm. know, no accounting for taste as well. <laughs> well, I bought and, a bottle of the sherry when I was there. Oh, and good I'm girl, saving, yes, so you did. Yes, I'm saving that for some future tasting yes. and um, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, maybe we'll do a review at some point. Yeah. By sherry, are, you, are we talking about Oloroso? We are, we are. We're talking yeah. about um, our, our main sort of Jim Swan recipe, really. And uh, Jim introduced us to a gentleman called Miguel Martin, who... We got at the, at the time the bulk of our sherry casks from yes and they are i mean we have done some special cask fillings we filled a year and a bit ago um some 1937 pedro jimenez casks which are going to be super special mm. but uh and my father filled them for us because it was the same age as he is the cask was the same Aww. age as he is, which is really nice um but i to be honest i don't think well they're going to take a lot of maturation, I suppose. Is yes. What I yes, I likely trying to say. So maybe even Drew and I won't get to to taste them. Who knows? But uh, what a legacy! Yeah, mm, really nice. We're gonna um, later on at this episode. We're gonna do a little little review of one of the whiskies and um, our tasting notes. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> so. The future, what does the, we've heard a little bit about the past, but what does the future hold for Lindor's Abbey? Um, I think really and honestly more of the same. We're, mm-hmm. 
we were very busy during lockdown and we were fortunate really in, in a way that we could do this but we were busy we expanded the the warehouse we put in a a small bottling line. Uh, we're trying to, one of the key un, under sort of pinnings of, of Lindor's is sustainability. So we're very much trying to bring everything closer in as, as, as we can. So we're uh, building, the local farmers building another warehouse for us just about half a mile away from here so that we again can bring all our casks as local to us as we can and we can bottle on site. We're using very much local barley at the moment. So the two neighbouring farms provide the bulk of our, our Fife barley, which is, is is really nice. We're doing some collaborations with the Crafty Maltsters over at Falkland, who, again, very close to us. And that's very nice for our story because, obviously, it's where King James IV was, was situated. So they're doing organic strains for us, which is nice, and, and malting there in small batches, which is delicious. We're very excited about that bottling we're very much hoping to expand production at some stage mm -hmm. I mean, at the moment we're due 200 just over 200,000 litres a year we'd really like to do twice that going forward if we can you know it's funny we had all sorts of plans before Covid I think one thing that this has taught everybody is mm -hmm. not to make too many really long-term plans Drew and I used to laugh about sitting in marketing meetings when we were very first starting off young ones in the room would be talking about what to do with our 25 year old whiskey and Drew and I'd be thinking well I don't really care wow. <laughs> you know I'll be in my mid 70s well it sounds like there's such a lot going on just now such a lot for the future and with Lindor's being the first um, record of whiskey in Scotland I think it's worth mentioning that you're our first guest on Whiskey Sisters the podcast yes. and also you are the first person that we will be asking about their dream dram. Dream dram. If you were able to share a dram with a celebrity of your choice either dead or alive who would it be and what would your chosen dram be? I would really, really like to share a dram with Nancy Mitford. Uh, I really like to share a dram. I would love to to know what made her tick and how she wrote those brilliant books. And she references whiskey quite. A, she's not a big drinker herself, but she does reference whiskey quite does a lot she? In, in her books. And I, yeah, I would really, if I could meet one person, sort of throughout history, it would de absolutely definitely be her. Yeah. And any specific drams that you'd like to share? I think it would be a single release Tiron Lindors. So one of our virgin oak Tiron casks, um, which is very exciting dram to me. If I had to choose somebody else's dram, I am very, very partial to 15 year old Elmore. So mm. yeah, I think fantastic I choice. Nice choice. Yeah, yeah. Though though it's no secret that I'm really an Isla girl, but that's, <laughs> but that's for my yes. kind of everyday drinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Drew would like to really do some peated whiskey here. Oh uh, we yeah. Do have a reference to uh, the monks taking peat from Lady Bank. It, it wasn't mm. called. It was called Our Lady's Bog at the time, but it's Lady Bank now. And uh, so there is that history there but Gary for obvious reasons to do with cleaning and looking after the stills etc is not that key yeah it's one quite a day, lot of work 
Helen, I think we've ran out of time for today. It would be lovely to have you on again in the future. There seems so much to, to talk about um, and just want to thank you so very much for, for joining us. No, yeah. thank you both. It was really nice to see you both again. And uh, Yeah, looking fab, girls. So really <laughs> thank, nice. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank Definitely you. Definitely need so to much. come back to the distillery soon. It's been too long for me. <laughs> yes, no, do, please. It would be really nice. Fantastic. Dram on Fire. In today's Dram on Fire section, we will be featuring uh, Lindor's Abbey, <laughs> as we've been taught how to say it. Um, and Helen obviously mentioned a few words about their whiskey, but we wanted to give you some tasting notes as well. So, Jennifer, how did you find the new make and the 1494 expression? Okay, so... The new make, I found fresh and I feel I got a subtle fruitiness um, yep. from, from the new make on the nose. And then on the taste, I don't know why I was expecting it to be more acidic, but it felt um, a little bit sweeter than I'd imagined. So I know that's not much, but that is my notes for the new make. What did you think of it? Yeah, I, I find it quite fruity and a bit spicy, but like fruity kind of pear, like okay. pear and that kind of apple, white <laughs> crepes. Um, but obviously it was 63.5% ABV, so obviously has a little bit of a kick to it, I guess. Okay. You could your head <laughs> um, Yeah, but it was nice and fruity and I liked the, the aromas. Mm -hmm. I added some yeah. water and with water you definitely get more of the barley um, and the mouth mouthfeel was a bit softer, but but it, obviously I, I, I don't really drink new makes anyway as it yeah, is. This is it. But interesting, it was interesting to, to taste and try. Yeah, exactly. Just before you try the whiskey, it kind of gives you a little bit of a, a good idea. Absolutely. And other, the whiskey from yeah. Lindor's Abbey. So that's the 1494, yeah. The 1494 from Lindor's Abbey. That I found a little bit easier. I'm not sure if they're in any way accurate. It, but again, I got a kind of freshness on the nose. I felt like raw fruits and I've jotted down like apple kind of fruitiness, but maybe a wee bit of a herbal kind of um, aroma. But I mm. couldn't really tell what herbs, it, you know, I was picking yeah. up, but I was kind of imagining maybe almost, you know, different kind of herbs or maybe even kind of heather on the nose. And when um, when I tasted it, I actually got a kind of quite strong aniseed, um, but wasn't overpowering. And I'm not sure how to describe it, but I've jotted down nutmeg when I tasted it. So mm. sort of nutmeg and an yeah. aniseed. Oh, that's funny. You said nutmeg. So I, I wrote down cinnamon and nutmeg. Because um, <gasps> it okay. <laughs> really, yeah, I, yeah. Because I think on the palate, you know, when you get that little bit of dryness yeah and that's kind of yeah it makes me think of cinnamon and nutmeg and that yeah. kind of nice little spiciness but maybe my uh, tasting abilities are maturing Inca. Mm, definitely well obviously there's no right and wrong answers it's just what you what you taste is what you taste obviously but i think it's always interesting to kind of try to detect different aroma and tasting notes so what i've got so actually i just say mentioned that the the whiskey is bottled at 46% ABV, which I find quite ideal. That's what I, how I like mm -hmm. my whiskey, a little bit stronger, but not super strong. Not okay. kind of. So you get, I always feel like you get more 
tasting notes and different kind of finish when there's a little when it's a little bit stronger when it's at that strength yeah so yeah on the nose I found it quite mild so I just let it kind of breathe for a little bit I felt like I couldn't get much but more I let it breathe and then I started to get kind of notes of vanilla and caramel and kind of that kind of sweeter notes Mm -hmm. and then on the palate I found it a little bit citrusy it's quite light you detect the malt and yeah the dryness like I mentioned the cinnamon and you said nutmeg yeah um with the touch of vanilla which again you could detect more once it had a little bit of time to breathe and the finish was for me I found it medium length so for a new young whiskey which is quite pleasant so it wasn't as short than I was expecting it to be so was that a pleasant surprise for the yeah of it? yeah yeah I quite like it to you know, lingers for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I really enjoyed it. It was, I would definitely, um, I'm keen to try the sherry cask finish that I haven't done yet. You could definitely tell that Lindor's whiskey was a lowland whiskey, um, has that kind of traditional lightness to low, lowland whiskey. And uh, I found the tasting notes like the citrusy and that kind of maltiness was very typical, which is nice considering they have all that history, so it makes sense. Whiskey sisters! So, Winka, that's us done our first um, dream dram feature. Although, I've got to be honest with you, I felt a bit ignorant because I'd never heard of that novelist. Did you? <laughs> no, I didn't know who she was. Oh, I was I was glad. wondering if I should have said something, but then cause Helen was so excited, so I didn't. For sure. <laughs> I decided to keep my mouth shut. Well, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Um, so I had to do a quick Google and Nancy Mitford is a novelist, essayist and historian for anybody that is like us and didn't know. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. As we've been talking about the age of some whiskies at the beginning of this episode, I thought it could be a good way to finish this one as well. So, Jen, how comfortable are you at reading whiskey labels? Um, Well, I guess I don't spend that much time reading whiskey labels, if I'm honest. Usually I've heard a little bit about a whiskey I want to try or, you know, maybe listen to somebody with a recommendation and tend to just sort of plunge in and buy it. So um, I'm guessing there's more for me to know and learn about that. So... If it says on the label that the whiskey is, let's say, 18 years old, uh, do -hmm. you know what that indicates? I've always taken that to mean that, you know, that's how long the whiskey has been aged. Yeah, well, it's kind of right. The age on the label always refers to the youngest whiskey in the bottle. Oh, does it? Yeah, although often there can be much older whiskeys in there as well, just to Mm. add a bit more complexity on there. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have known that. I would just, yeah, I would just maybe assume that would have been the the oldest, actually. Yeah, yeah. It always has to be the youngest. Okay. But obviously, there's a lot of bottles that don't show the age st- statement at all. Uh, yeah, uh, they don't even mention it. Mm. And is it good for us to point out that, you know, whiskey matures only when it's in the oak, when it's in the cask itself, when it's bottled, it's no longer aging. Um, and that's where it kind of differs to, for example, wine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's enough for us for today. Uh, until our next episode, where we will be discussing whiskey tastings and how to find the right words to describe the flavours and aroma of whiskey.
Yay! <laughs> so maybe my descriptors thereafter will be a little more mature. Um, I, well, I can't wait. That will be a um, that will be a really interesting episode for sure. So pour yourself a glass and join us next Wednesday. Meanwhile, you can keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters on our Instagram at Whiskey Sisters Podcast, Twitter Whiskey Sisters Podcast, and of course on Facebook. We are now even on LinkedIn. Check us out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon, Inca. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.